Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Royals Review Radio. I am your host, Jacob Milham. And before we get to today's show, please follow Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. That's a great way you can support us. And of course, check out all of the great work on RoyalsReview.com. You can find more great work there by my guest today, Royals Review editor Max Reaper. Mr. Max, how's your Sunday been? been good it's been a nice relaxing sunday and then you know the best part jacob is baseball what? is being played i actually got to watch some on tv yesterday what uh, get into but it's just nice to have baseball back even if it's fake games uh, <laughs> so, uh yeah i'm in a better mood now fake these are fake games they don't matter all right they nothing okay i can't do it but uh yes of course we'll, we will be talking about some pretty stellar performances this spring later on in the show um but max for for both of us because i kind of missed some stuff in the sunday morning royals news cycle because you know that's the that's the normal thing to get back into um and rogers had kind of a lot of breaking news coming out this morning um first i know a lot of fans were concerned about diego hernandez's tumble in center field during saturday's game um it was pretty awkward and unfortunately he dislocated his right shoulder which is not his throwing arm but still really really affects any baseball movement that you want to that you have to make out in the field um he is on the 40-man roster so he's likely heading to the 60-day il and and rogers reports he'll be out for three to four months so that is a that's a big blow to a to a promising center field prospect for the kansas city royals um, miss Ann, she also dropped the kind of the available pitchers for the next few games uh, max i know it's kind of been a uh, it's been an interesting crew of pitchers we've been seeing at times during spring training but never fear on Monday, Zach Greinke will be available against the Brewers. Jordan Lyles will be available against Cleveland. And then Brady Singer will come out against the Rockies. So we shall, uh, we'll see how that goes. We're still getting through kind of the first iteration of all the, of all the pitchers. So really looking forward to that. And that's about it for the Sunday morning news breakdown. But Max, I think the biggest news this spring so far or at least the one that has been getting a lot of fans talking is the pitch clock and i think you are a little bit more passionate about the difference and what it brings to baseball than i am so please um how do you feel about the pitch clock actually seeing it in action at the major league level i yeah i loved it and i know there's going to be a lot of hiccups 
early on uh, because people aren't used to it. Players aren't used to it. Umpires aren't used to it. It did seem like the players were a little like too rushed, like pitchers pitching with, you know, eight, 10 seconds still left in the clock. Uh, I think as they get more accustomed to it, you will see them pace themselves a little more so that they take up the full allotted time. Uh, but overall, I think it worked really well. We did see at least one violation that I can recall in Saturday's game that was televised for the Royals. Jeffrey Del, Del Rosario uh, kind of he got called for a violation before he even started his windup. I think, and he's you know I know they've had it in some of the minor leagues. I can't recall. If, um, you know he he would have been in a league that had a pitch clock, but um, you know so a lot of these guys have have, have been uh, used to it at least at some, some levels, I know, you know, triple a used one last year. So, and Nick Prado got called for a couple automatic strikes uh, initially. I you know that's going to be something that, that he, you know, he had to adjust to. So I feel confident these, these major league players will be too, able to adjust to, uh, to it as well. But what we saw yesterday is that, um, you know, the, the games did move along uh, every single game in spring training yesterday finished under three hours. Um, yep. And that's with, you know, some runs being scored, substitutions, pitching changes. It, it The games moved along. And I know there's a controversial game that ended on a, on a yeah. clock violation, which you don't like to see that. But at the same time, you know, games end on balks sometimes, you know, which isn't the best way to end a game either. Uh, and I, so I, I think there will be an adjustment period. But overall, you know, these guys, they have, you know, five weeks to get used to it before we see actual games that matter. So um, I'm for it. I think it's worked really well the first couple of games. I think it'll get better and better as everyone gets used to it. I, I don't know. What what, what was uh, kind of your initial reaction? Well, my, my initial reaction is honestly pretty similar to yours. Like it was the pace of play was a noticeable difference. I, you know, I don't watch a lot of minor league baseball, but I do watch minor league baseball in person. And after they implemented the pitch clock at my local AAA team, the Norfolk Tides, it was it was a crazy difference. And one of the big things for me, because, you know, I, I don't do this full time. This is my full time job. I'm, I'm going to a game after work and then I have to be ready for work the very next day. And I noticed when I went to games, it was it was an incredible difference. I was getting home about 30 minutes earlier. It was and I, I loved it. And I thought that should transition to Major League Baseball, which it has now. And the results are pretty similar. Um, I think across all the Saturday games, I don't think a single one went above three hours. Nope. And like the average game length for an MLB game last year was three hours and three minutes. So all the games are finishing quicker than usual, and we're still getting plenty of offense. These aren't, you know, like slogging, pitching duels or anything like that just one two three innings nothing like that it is and i'm i'm waiting until the box score gets updated for today's game and there it is yep today's game two hours and 25 minutes for the royals against the mariners and that's a eight seven ball game full nine innings it's i i'm loving it so far honestly i don't personally understand a lot of the pushback against the pitch clock i understand it's different and i understand folks are going to just be a little stubborn about any changes especially when it comes to baseball but this was a concern that a lot of fans were voicing is that hey games are taking too long it's we need to make this a little bit more entertaining and major league baseball has found a way 
to keep baseball competitive and also make it so games just go along smoother. So I'm I'm loving it so far, but we might be the only two out there, Max. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, you're right. There's been some pushback. Some of it, I think, is anytime there's something new, I think there are some people that maybe don't like new things, and I've yeah. certainly been guilty of that. I think there's also <laughs> a contingent that just wants to complain about anything baseball does Fair. because it's fashionable to bash on baseball, which, look, I get it. There's Baseball gets a lot of things wrong, but this is actually one of the good things they've implemented in my mind. Uh, and, and, you know, you mentioned the game two, two hours, 25 minutes today. I don't think it's, I don't think most games are going to go that quick. I think, I think yeah. like, I think these players are rushing a little bit, but you know, some of the criticism has been like, well, what, what what's the impact going to be on, you know, pitchers, it, it, pitchers going to get hurt, hurt more. You know, that hasn't taken, that hasn't happened in the minors. Nope. So far. Uh, you know, our guys are going to be more wild because they have to rush and that hasn't happened in the mind. I mean, there's been a lot of what is, what if, what if this happens? What if this happens? It's like, They've they've been practicing this in the minors for a couple of years now. They, I mean, there are still going to be hiccups, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. it's not like they're just throwing this out there without without having thought of these things. I mean, they've you know that th- they've thought about these issues and have tested them in the minors, and so I you know I, like I said, there will be hiccups, but I I feel pretty confident by the second week week of the season, you'll you'll hardly notice the pitch clock. You'll see much, much fewer violations as the season goes on. And we'll wonder at one point why we ever, you know, didn't have a pitch clock. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Uh, to, to close this out, I do want to bring up something from the Athletics' Eno Saris, who is a, a very good baseball mind over there. Um, he pointed out that when they were first implementing the play clock in the minor leagues, he says that there were nearly two infractions a game for the first two weeks. Every single minor league game had almost two. By week six, there was one infraction every two games. So... It, it just takes some time for these players to get used to it. And you got to think about it. There's a whole other crop of players that got promoted last year or the year before that this is what they've been playing most of their minor league careers in is with this pitch clock. So they're used to it. Just got to give the fans some time to get used to it. I'm sure by the all-star break, we'll be, uh, we'll be forgetting that it was ever an issue. <laughs> yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see how it impacts the Royals specifically. Like I, Josh Stalmont was one of the slowest workers in baseball last year, and he looked pretty good you know, there on Saturday, firing in you know, high 90s. Didn't seem to affect him that much to have to, to pick up his tempo. And on the flip side, Brady Singer has always been a, a fast, I think he was the fastest working pitcher last year, so he won't have to adjust at all. But um, yeah, I, you know, I think, I think this is going to be a good thing. I think, you'll, I think people will welcome kind of these games getting done. And, and you're not you're not missing any action. This is just compressing the dead time where hitters were adjusting their batting gloves, pitchers were pacing around on the mound. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, reducing some of that just dead time. I think is a good thing in baseball because no one came, no one's going to the ballpark to watch a guy adjust his batting gloves. <laughs> no, no one is paying uh, sixty dollars a ticket to go to go watch Hunter Dozier adjust his uh, batting gloves at all. I I will agree with that. Hey, before we get on to the next point, Max, let's go ahead and take an ad break. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. 
In the VergeCast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. And we are back on Royals Review Radio. Jacob Milham here with Mr. Max Reaper. Now, Max, it is, I know spring training it's a whole lot of like, oh, well, you know, this doesn't really matter because it's before opening day. And I, I fully agree with that because we've we've got some guys off the 40 man roster, off the top 30 prospects that are making headlines during spring training. And no better example of that is Mr. Tyler Tolbert, who absolutely took over Saturday's game. Um, he came in relief of the before mentioned Diego Hernandez. He got two plate appearances, but he smoked a home run, uh, got three RBIs and scored a run himself, and then also two incredible diving catches out there in center field. Um, Max, do you have any thoughts on Tolbert's appearance on Saturday? Uh, yeah, it was just it's just fun. You know, you, you kind of mentioned it. Like, spring training stats, they don't matter, but I always say it's better to play well than not play well. And for a guy like Tyler Tolbert, he's not going to make the team, right? But no. it's always a good idea to play well in front of the big league manager and the, you know, I'm, JJ Piccolo is probably watching the game as well. And, you know, I'm sure they understand it's one, one at bat. It is not necessarily representative, but you know, that might at least put in the back, back of their minds, Hey, Tyler Tolbert, who has 10 career home runs and 255 minor league games, and is not really known for his power. Maybe nope. he's got a little pop. Cause he actually, I, you're right. He absolutely smoked that ball. And it's really great to see him kind of have his moment in the sun and, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was all smiles in his post-game interview. Uh, you know, really great to see him get that moment. And you'll, you'll have a lot of those in spring training. And look, you know, you mentioned the Diego Hernandez injury, and that's, that's, that really sucks because he we had really gotten on the radar last year. Young kid, put up pretty good numbers in high A and double A, added to the 40-man roster. Yep. You looked at him as a guy, like, like, if he could put together a pretty good season, like, he could start rising up at the top of the, the Royals prospect list. Instead, he's going to be out four months. So that's really unfortunate for him, but uh, you don't like to see that, but that does open up opportunities. And the Royals have had a lot of injuries in their outfield. Drew Waters already out six weeks. Brewer Hicklin's out eight weeks. Um, and now Hernandez, they're pretty light on outfielders right now. That could open the door for, you know, a Tyler Gentry to get at least more at bats. Not saying he's going to make the team necessarily, but He's going to have to play more. John Rave, another non-roster invitee, oh, who's not yeah. really a top prospect, but this is a chance for him to get major league at, bat, or at bats against major league pitchers. And if he if he holds his own, maybe that changes the mind of you know maybe the the team looks at him a little bit differently and says, okay, we'll see what you can do in AAA, and maybe you're on our radar as a as a bench bat someday. Um, Dyron Blanco, who came in and oh, filled yeah. in for Edward Olivares today when Olivares is out with a uh, stomach flu, um, he's a guy that can you know, maybe make the team if, if enough outfielders fall. So, uh, you know, you don't like to see injuries, but it does, you know, on a young team like this, it creates opportunities and, and you, you know, you're kind of excited to see who is going to seize that opportunity and maybe make the most of it in spring training. Yep. That is an excellent point. And to, to kind of bring up what you're talking about with Tolbert, I had, 
he doesn't really have any realistic chance of making the opening day roster, even with the Hernandez injury. Um, he is, look, he's probably the best base dealer in the Royals system. I will say that. But even against minor league pitching, his bat is pretty suspect. Um, he's a career 230 hitter. And I know he's been putting in work, especially this offseason, to get better at the plate. He went down to Australia to play winter ball. He's been putting in work with uh, Zumwalt and the team there. So he is, you know, he's not just relying on his speed. He's trying to get his bat better. But all in all, one Saturday afternoon is not going to make his career in Kansas City a certainty. So we will have to wait and see on that. And I am... I'm very disappointed to see Hernandez go down. I will say that, but it does open up a little bit more intrigue into, you know, if he's going on the 60 day rot IL, then who is going to take that spot? Is it going to be a, a frame mill raise? Is that going to lock in his spot on the opening day roster? Um, is it, you know, I didn't even think about John rave, but he did start the first spring training game out there in left field. So I think that has to mean something. We'll talk more about the spring training lineups later on in the show, of course. But I, it was fun to watch Tolbert out there, you know, smiling, and he was he was having fun, and everyone was super excited to see him perform so well. And I don't know, it was it was just a feel good part of Saturday's win, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's funny. It's like he's not. He plays out some outfield, he's, but he's usually a shortstop. Yeah. Uh, he, he was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting to play outfield, but, you know, you kind of have to grab your glove when you get, when the manager points at you and, and step up, step up and, and do as best you can. And man, what a great day for him. So it was fun to see that uh, and him take the, the, make the most of it. And well, you know, we'll see if he gets more uh, chances here before getting sent down to minor league camp. Well, what do you think? Do you think he has somewhat of a projectability as a Gerard Dyson or a Terrence Gore kind of kind of player? Probably more Gore, unless he he really starts developing more of a hit tool. But he's already he's not a young, super young guy already. But you know, some guys sometimes guys are late developers. I mean, Dyson wasn't he was he had kind of a, a late he was kind of a late bloomer as well. Um, but you know, he, he certainly has the speed. I mean, like you say, not he's not only just one of the best base dealers. In the Royals organization, he was one of the best base stealers in, in all of baseball last year. He was 60 out of 60 in yeah. stolen base opportunities. And, you know, we talked about the pitch clock. One of the changes that's coming with a pitch clock uh, is that you can only throw over to first base twice. Mm -hmm. uh, third time, if you throw over third time, you better get him or else it's a ball. Yep. And so um, that's going to help base stealing a little bit. You know, not a whole lot. You know, the minors, when they implemented this rule, you know, stolen bases went up a little bit, not but not not a whole lot. But it's I think it's enough to make a, a difference for elite base dealers like uh, like like Tolbert. So he could be a little bit more of a weapon. Uh, the bases are also a little bit different now. It's a little bit harder to pop off that split microsecond, uh, so you're out on replay. Uh, yeah. So I think that'll help with base base uh, stolen bases a little bit as well. So there may be a place for a guy like Tolbert in the big league someday. You know, especially in October when teams are looking for that you know every little advantage they can get. That is very true. So we will, I, I hope to see more of Tolbert um, this spring training, of course, before he gets sent down to minor league camp. Um, and we'll talk about next week, a little bit more of the holes opening up with the, with the world baseball classic. Um, some 
players are going to start trickling out of the Kansas City camp and going and joining their teams. I know Vinny Pasquantino and Nicky Lopez, they have a super long flight. They have to fly out to Taiwan to meet Team Italy. That's where they're doing all of their pool play. So I I don't envy them there. I will uh, will say that. Have you ever have you ever been on a flight that long before, Max? Uh, when I was a kid, I flew to Korea. Oof. I don't really remember that that much, but I remember it took like a whole day. But yeah. uh, those planes, those planes t- tend to be more like cruise ships. I mean, they're humongous, so you can kind of, you know, it's not like a little puddle jumper to Springfield. Like you can, <laughs> you can, yeah, you have some room to like walk around at least a little bit on those. That that is true. I've flown from Singapore to San Francisco before, so I oh, I understand wow. that it's a uh, it's it's a little bit wider set. But man, those plans are those planes are usually packed, and uh, it's uh, a. Yeah. It, it's not a great place to be for 16 plus hours. So I don't know. Uh, and Vinny's, I, Vinny's, a, yeah, Vinny's a large man. I mean, I don't, yeah, know, how, he is. I, I don't know if he, he likes being on planes that much. <laughs> At least get an aisle seat or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know how Vinny's going to tackle that one, but power to him. So Max, thank you very much for giving us your thoughts on the pitch clock. Um, I, I do just want to say like, there are a couple of other big things that we're seeing implemented um, as far as rules changes. And I think the second biggest one that I've seen is the larger bags um, on on tag outs. I think the infielders have a little bit more leeway into, you know, dragging that toe across the higher base. I know we've seen that today in the Royals game against the Mariners. Um, but are you are you concerned about the bigger bags or any of the other rules changes, the no shift and things like that? Uh, no, I think the, the, I don't think there'll be a big impact with the, the larger bases. It might maybe slightly more stolen bases. Uh, the, the the ban on defensive shifts will be kind of interesting. I, I that was one I wasn't as much uh, a fan of just because, yeah. um, you know, that's part of the game. You know, everyone, you know, if a guy's going to hit it there. Why can't you play there? Um, on the other hand, you know, Alex Duvall has made a, you know he's a big proponent of the the of Royals fam, farm report. He's a big proponent of the ban on defensive shifts, arguing it's like in basketball, you can't just sit in the lane for three yeah. seconds. You know, you got, you have to move in and out. So it's kind of like that. So I kind of get that. Um, and I'll, I'll be interested to see how it's implemented. Um, you So right now you have to have two infielders on each side of second base. Uh, they have to stay in the infield. So you won't see the second baseman way out in shallow right field, like yep. you've seen uh, with several left-handed power headers up at the plate. Um and once the pitch is delivered, you can move wherever you want. Although there is a rule, I guess you can't just have the shortstop sprint over second base as the pitch is being delivered. They're saying that <laughs> it's against the spirit of the rules. Uh, what, what else? There's um, there's uh, oh, the outfielders can still shift as much as they want. Yep. Uh, and I'm kind of interested to see if like teams get really creative with that. Whereas you have a left-handed pull hitter like Joey Gallo, do you take your left fielder and put him in a shallow right center uh, and just leave all left field open? Kind of like. Hey, if you hit it there, it's going to be like a triple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's going to be able to hit it there. Um, so there's there could be some gamesmanship there still. Uh, but but otherwise, I, you know, this will be this will be a good thing I think for Salvador Perez, who is a pole hitter. Um, teams won't be able to just bunch guys on the left side of the infield anymore for him. Vinny Pascantino, yep, they should benefit him quite a bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I don't know, and I don't think it'll impact Royals pitchers that much because. The Royals didn't seem to shift as much as other teams last year. Um, so, you know, we'll see. This could be a net benefit for the Royals. Um, but I think there's still a lot we don't know about how teams will react to. I mean, because obviously they did this to the minors as well. We've seen it implemented, but 
at the major league level, I think teams will be a little more creative in how they kind of maybe not circumvent the rules, but how they adapt to these new rules. And I, I think we're going to see them push the, push the envelope a little bit more. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to see some managers try, try and test the boundaries and see, you know, what they can and can't get away with in the game. You know, you can, you can make all these rules outside of the game. And when you're at a negotiating table talking about scenarios, but when you're in that scenario, is an umpire actually going to catch that? Are our teams going to be penalized in some way for that? I don't know. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see a little bit more during spring training. I'm sure we'll see that once the minor leaguers and major leaguers get separated out a little bit more. Um, and I know we're going to see that during the opening half of the 2023 season, which is coming up right around the corner. And Max, I do just want to commend you. You are already in mid-season form with your uh, Twitter game on Royals Review. <laughs> it is uh, it has been very popular so far. Are you having fun going back to the game day tweeting? It's yeah, it's nice to have uh, games to react to, uh, especially when they're. On, I mean, you know, there's you know, I know not every game is televised, but it is kind of a treat to have uh, you know games on TV. First of all, it's just nice to see when we have kind of crummy weather to see 80 degree uh, skies <laughs> in Arizona. I have a buddy that's there right now, actually. Uh, and he, he went to that uh, Major League Baseball as like a, a concert series, I guess, around spring training. Huh. Where he got to see uh, like Green Day and, and Weezer. Uh, so uh, that's, I guess, it, it seems like a lot of fun and I'm really jealous. But um, I've, I've heard so many great things about spring training. Uh, so I, I would highly recommend it, even though I haven't been there. I, that's still my goal is to get to spring training one of these days. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to have games to react to after a kind of a quiet off season for the Royals. Yeah. And I know, you know, we're not, we're not under any illusions that this is going to be a championship season, but I think we have more hope than, than uh -huh. in the past that at least they're going young. We've got young guys. We can at least project a future. These aren't guys that are just here to be traded someday or traded this summer. There are guys that are going to be here for the long haul. And so I think that makes it a little more exciting for us. That it does. That it does. And hey, it also helps. The Royals are 3-0 and in spring training so far. So I will, uh, I'll certainly take those odds. I know it's spring <laughs> training and I know the wheels can fall off quickly once the, once the season starts, but I'm, Matt, I'm Matt Petraro, man. What a, what a great, what a great hire, huh? <laughs> I know. I know. Right. You turned it around already. Hey, look, look, I, I'm just going to say this. Some, some folks are already talking bad about, uh, about Brian Sweeney and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to come up and, ha and have some words if we don't give him some time. Well, I do think it was funny. Uh, he, he came out for a mound visit and I can't remember who the pitcher was, but he struck the guy out and it's like, well, that's a, that's a sharp contrast to when Cal Elder would come to the mound and immediately the guy would give up a home run. So at least he's got that going for him. He's already kind of turned things around. I know Brad Brad Keller was having ghosts of Gal Eldred out there on the mound today when he uh you know three strikeouts bam 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 home run. Yeah. <laughs> so but anywho's well Max that is gonna do it for our show today. If folks wanna you know find more of your dad jokes or your witty Royals takes, where can they find you on social media? I'm on Twitter at, at Max Reaper, M-A-X-R-I-E-P-E-R, -E -E or you can follow us of course at Royals Review. Well, thank you very much. And just for all the listeners out there, I have changed my Twitter handle. Um, I tried to uh, try to mature a little bit, take out the the pun in my Twitter handle. Now I'm just Jacob Milham KC. That's J-A-C-O-B-M-I-L-H-A-M. But to all of our listeners out there, thank you very much for your support. And until next time, go Royals. <laughs>